If, if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I do think that it is an important lesson that the left needs to learn because remember, when we're talking about Disney and all of these other companies that pulled from X, it, it was based off of a lie. It was a manipulated uh, version that a left-wing rag put out in order to hurt X. This is all a bunch of people who want to limit the influence of X because they have this idea of this website is damaging our narrative. All right, guys, here we go. We are on cruise control into the weekend. A great panel discussion ahead of you. I want to ask you real quick, would you vote today to expel George Santos? Because the House is going to do it. He had an epic press conference today. We're going to break it down among other topics with our great panel. Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze, Larry O'Connor from the WMAL and Town Hall Media, and Tim Graham of the Media Research Center. Here we go. All right, guys, I'm excited about today's panel. Thanks for being with me. I want to start with a very simple question. Let's go around the horn first. Uh, and then we'll get into it because I, I was, nor, you know, I spent my mornings flipping through the news channel and at eight o'clock, George Santos was doing a live presser. And I was just like, I don't care about the steals and deals today on NBC or ABC. I'm watching the George, but I, here's my question for you. If you were a member of Congress today and the vote was to expel George Santos or not, Larry O'Connor, I'll start with you. Would you vote to expel George Santos? Yes or no? No. Okay, Tim Graham. Not with this majority size. Okay, Sarah Gonzalez. Absolutely not. Okay, this is what I, I and now I wanna break it down because I wanna play you a clip from what he said this morning. Okay, here we go. Why not just resign? Because if I leave, they win. If I leave, the bullies take place. This is bullying. Okay, so he says, if, if I leave, they win. This is bullying. Um, look, I, I, he had some valid points, one of which was the, the, the ethics committee didn't actually do what it normally does. It does a full investigation and releases normally a, a full report with a list of what they believe is a fair punishment. They didn't do this. And they basically said, not basically, they did say, we don't have enough time. Like somehow this was going to take too long to do, uh, which is interesting because I, 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 he has a valid point, and he also had a valid point that this is unprecedented. Only five other people have been expelled from Congress, three during the Confederacy, and then two others, one from Pennsylvania, and then the last was Jim Traficant, who, by the way, was not only convicted, but went to prison like a day and a half after the vote came to expel him. So, I mean, this guy was literally going to prison. George Santos may have done a lot of bad things, but he has been convicted of none of them. Larry, what is the... What would be the rationale for your no vote? Well, a couple of rationales. First of all, Tim said it very importantly. We have a very tight majority and Republicans need to protect their own. We're not very good at that, number one. You also just laid out that he hasn't been convicted of anything. And the one sort of avenue that they have, the ethics committee didn't do their full job. So that's, that's number two. But number three, and most importantly, let the people of his district decide everything that he's accused of right now that probably is going to be ripe for his reelection campaign. Any competent politician will use it against him when he runs for re-election in, what, 10 months? And as long as Rashida Tlaib, who is literally delivering propaganda on behalf of murderer, murdering terrorists, 
who are killing our enemies and American citizens overseas in Israel. As long as Rashida Tlaib is still a, a full member of Congress, then George Santos, he should be speaker if Rashida Tlaib is allowed to stay. Sarah Gonzalez, what do you think? Why, why are you voting no? Yeah, well, I mean, I think just Larry laid it out very nicely, but I'd, I would add to that as well that I think for a very long time, uh, Democrats have kind of preyed upon Republicans' need to feel morally superior. Right. Well, we have to call out our own people. We have to, you know, we have to be better than them. All, all, all the while, you've got Bob Menendez uh, with gold bars in his closet. You know, you've got Nancy Pelosi making millions off of insider trading. You've got the commander in chief who has enough evidence against him uh, to impeach him and get him the hell of, out of office. And still, we're supposed to vote to remove one of our own. I don't think that the Democrats are serious about these standards that yeah. they hold us to. And I think it's about time we start saying, no, we're going to stick together on this. And you're not going to outplay us. You're not going to outmaneuver us. Uh, we don't care what you say about us, we're holding on to our people because as Larry and Tim pointed out, we do have that slim majority and we need it. I want to yield to the gentleman from the Media Research Center, Mr. Graham, to, uh, to plead his case. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, the size of the majority is important. I think you laid out that the House Ethics Committee has done this in a different way. Um, I, I think that obviously Santos has, you know, is looks awfully guilty of what he was doing here. And he did it in a very gaudy Bob Menendez like way. Um uh, but So yes. wait, are you you don't think you should spend your campaign funds on OnlyFans? Is that is that what <laughs> pretty much what a yeah. high standard, Tim? Oh, yeah, come on. I, the, the Democrats <laughs> just put a woman who makes money on OnlyFans up for election in Virginia. In Virginia, she barely <laughs> lost, by the way. Barely. <laughs> uh, obviously, Santos is uh one of their favorite. Republicans that the media likes. It's, he's running about even with Marjorie Taylor Greene in terms of people they love to talk about. Um, so, you know, obviously some Republicans would say, let's get rid of this guy because he's just such an embarrassment. I mean, we found in the late night comedy shows that there were 72 Santos jokes and only 45 for Biden, only two for Menendez. Uh, you know, it just shows you they, they do want to punish you right. for the worst member of your caucus. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we can lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable, you can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICE, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's four. Patriots.com includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, fourpatriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. I, I got to tell you, I've watched a lot of press conferences over my years in politics. If you haven't seen this, I urge you to search X or YouTube or something and find some clothes. I've never found somebody so happy. He was like a happy warrior during this press conference, like next, next, next. And he had a <laughs> smile on his face. He was enjoying 
the attention. But the thing that was so interesting to me is that at no point, at no point, Larry O'Connor, did he deny any of the charges? <laughs> they were like all of these things at the ethics committee. He talks about them bullying and them doing this and them doing that. But at no point did he ever say, I've never done any of the things or some of the things or there's this meeting. He said they used hyperbole. So yeah. maybe they said he went on OnlyFans a lot or wasted a ton of money on Botox or whatever. But he never said, I didn't do that. I'm not guilty of that. Or some of these charges are not true. Not once. Yeah. No, he didn't. And it's kind of refreshing, isn't it, actually? And, Why? and meanwhile, Wait, what is what is refreshing about somebody that won't deny the charge? Well, because we're so used to them just lying to our face and denying, 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 even after they're convicted. I kind of like the fact it's like, yeah, I'm not going to deny it. But but this is beside the point. See, listen, let the voters decide, Sean, as long as Maxine Waters can put her family members on her campaign payroll and funnel right. all of that money that she raises to to members of her family. As long as Jamal Bowman, who was well, caught on gonna... video pulling a fire alarm in a, the middle of a congressional vote, uh, and he gets away with a slap on the wrist and he doesn't face ethics charges, as long as that's the standard, then we are going to live up to the standard the Democrats yeah, I, and the I, media I, I want to make two points, Sarah Gonzalez. Number one, the, the, the charges that he's facing are campaign finance violations that the DOJ is looking into. So he will face punishment. The idea that... He, he didn't abuse his office. The charges aren't that he, you know, took federal money and did something or did something inappropriate in his congressional office, which I would think that's what the ethics committee should be focused on. In fact, all of these are campaign related charges that the DOJ is looking into. So the House is sort of crossing into a, another lane. But more importantly, and Larry brought this up, Sarah, is that Jamal Bowman, actually was that guy, the Democrat from New York, that pulled the fire alarm during the vote on House spending and admitted to it, pled guilty to it in a court of law. So if you're actually going to talk about who's breaking laws and who's unethical, and Santos said today, hey, I laid out a timeline. Jamal Bowman mm -hmm. waited an hour before arriving on the House floor for something he said he was jamming through a door to get to the House floor. So the timeline doesn't add up. He was ready with the receipts to go after his colleagues and said, I'm going to name names. If you guys want to go down this slippery slope, then I'm going to file something against Jamal Bowman. And he seemed to indicate anyway that he was going to name names about members that were engaged in other inappropriate behavior, whether that was voting while after drinking substantially or being in, in, in appropriate relationships. But he seemed to say today that he was going to name names and take action before he was expelled. I mean, I think that that's great. And look, I want to really? be clear. Well, I, I do. I think for so long, the Democrats have wielded all of this power uh, and, and, and again, held us to a standard that they are not willing to hold themselves to. And I'm just tired of the hypocritical nature of it all. I mean, look, George Santos, if he did commit all of these violations, he should be punished, yes. right? I want to make that clear. He should be punished. I'm not on, I'm not team George Santos here. But what I'm saying is the Democrats get away with all sorts of things all the time because we are playing in a game where we are playing by the rules and they are not. Yes. They have no rules and they don't care. And I think it's about time that we stop, we set down the ball and we say, fine, we will play by the same rules that you guys play by, which is there are no rules. And you know what? If George Santos causes complete chaos by naming names, 
I think that's great. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I, I brought this up earlier in the week on something else, but the Democrats and the left, and that includes the media, always have this standard that as long as what they're doing is in pursuit of what they call the greater good, it's okay. Yep. You don't need to abide by rules or laws as long as you are pursuing the greater good, which they get yep. to define for themselves. But Tim, I want to bring up something that Larry referenced, which was the majority, right? So Republicans now, for the first time in a long time, there's a full complement of 435 members of Congress. The new member from Utah was just sworn in to replace Chris Stewart. So there are 435 members. They have a four-seat majority. If Santos goes, that takes it down to three seats. Kevin McCarthy, the former speaker, has been telling people he intends to leave before the end of the year. That would take it down to two. Then you have Bill Johnson of Ohio, the Republican member there, leaving to be president of Youngstown State University. That takes your majority down to one. How concerned, I mean, I think that, look, I, I am for, you shouldn't be doing, like, I, I'm with Sarah on this. Do the right thing for the right reasons, right? Follow the law, be better, blah, blah, blah. But also, you got to imagine, if you get down to a one-seat majority, not only do you have to worry about passing stuff, but somebody gets sick, something happens, mm -hmm. God forbid, you you literally could go from a Speaker Johnson to a Speaker Hakeem Jeffries in a, in a very real way. Yes, and and... Thank you for laying all of that out. I don't think that most You're very people, welcome. Yeah, I think most people aren't <laughs> aware of, you know, how narrow this majority is going to be. Somebody ought to be telling Kevin McCarthy to hang on, <laughs> uh, you know. And yeah, I mean, obviously, George Santos won a seat that was, uh, you know, a Democrat vacated that seat to run for statewide office. Um, he'll probably run, run right back and take his seat back in the next election. But th this is one of those things where you're exactly right. The news media will punish the Republicans for things that they're never willing to punish Democrats for. And a lot of times when they get in trouble, they won't even use the D. You can look at Eric Adams being accused mm -hmm. of sexual assault in 1993, and you can ask whether that's fair or not. But one thing they will not say on ABC, CBS, or NBC is Eric Adams is a Democrat. They'll probably just try to say, He's the mayor of New York. Isn't that good enough? Isn't that amazing? I, I'm glad you brought mm -hmm. that up. And that's what you guys are so great at at the Media Research Center is it is amazing to me the number of times that somebody has done something horrible or, and I think the latest example in my mind, and please, I don't want to get off on track because I got a lot that I want to get on today, but I love when that the, 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 you brought this up. Every one of these instances that, that the left has committed with respect to supporting Hamas is, is left-wing protesters, left-wing vandalizers, left-wing sympathizers. And yet they never will use the phrase left-wing when it comes to supporting Hamas right now and these because they don't want to associate them with the Democrats, which they are. It's but anybody, there is not an instance that you can't find somebody a story these days. It's right wing so and so, right wing this, MAGA extremist, Bill Johnson. I just referenced him when I was looking up the story today about going to Youngstown State College. It says election denier, MAGA supporter, Bill Johnson. Everyone on the right gets their moniker, right? Even the president of Argentina now. Yeah, it's, but what they're when using it comes the term to pro-Palestinian. Right. right. Mm. Um, I, I do want to switch gears, though. And Sarah, oh, I know you Sean, I just want to go on yeah. record. You just said that Santos is going to be naming names about people who are drinking too much before a vote. <laughs> I just want to go on the record. If I'm ever in Congress, I'd be drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you blame them? Yeah, it's apt, considering some of the stuff that goes on, that's probably what you have to do to get through it. All right, folks, you know, it seems like every time you see a doctor these days, the answer that they have is, is a pill. 
that they're on the big pharma bandwagon to just fix any ailment with another prescription, which is why I think millions and millions of people have turned to a Texas doctor who is looking for clean ways of getting us back to better health. Um, in fact, we've all heard probably about collagen and all of the medical and health benefits of collagen. Um, and we know that it's been scientifically proven to increase bone and muscle strength, soothe joint pain, minimize wrinkles and cellulite. So, I mean, people see that, but the thing is, like all products, not all collagen is created equal. And a recent study found that, check this out, 64% of collagen protein powders have tested positive for arsenic and lead. That's why everyone interested in using collagen should see these warnings and find a clean and safe, effective product, which is why this doctor in Texas created Native Path. Now, he has created a collagen that is actually clean. It actually does what it's supposed to do. And he's not just done one, but they've got two. They've got another one for the evening that helps you sleep, plus a variety of other health-related clean products. This one is magnesium. We've all heard the benefits of magnesium. The key is to be buying your products in a native way, in a way that is clean and healthy, that actually delivers the results that you think you were. And Native Path now has thousands of five-star reviews, over 4 million jars of these products sold. Look, Native Path has thousands of five-star reviews and over 4 million jars sold of a whole host of health-related products. Every order comes with their 365-day money-back guarantee. There's no risk to try it right now. You can go to get nativepath.com slash Spicer, and you get 45% off while supplies last. Get nativepath.com slash Spicer. Sarah, I know you're down there in Texas, so you are probably not aware that Chicago is an absolute hot mess. Um, and <laughs> I've heard. what you probably didn't fully appreciate is that it's, it's the Republicans' fault. Let me play you a quick clip from what the mayor of Chicago- Well, there has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right, this is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. All right, so let's just be clear. The right-wing Republicans are, quote, targeting Democratic-run cities by people of color, and they include to refuse accepting the results of the Civil War. Quote, that's what we're facing. See, the problems of Chicago, I thought these big cities that have been controlled by the left and Democrats for decades were actually their fault. But I've now come to realize that it is all of the people who refuse to accept the results of the Civil War on the right that are causing the ills of the people of Chicago. And it is us on the right that need to fix it and stop complaining about how Democrats and the left are running these cities. I, I'm, I, did you find this as enlightening as I did? I had no idea that white people had that much power. I mean, the, the amount of power you guys hold as 
white men, I think is just incredible. You have the power of making Chicago a, a good city or a bad city. That's just amazing to me. Um, you know, I find it fascinating that, look, I think this is Brandon Johnson overplaying his hand. They're using this for everything. It's going to blow up in their face, especially when they have their own community members going to city council meetings and telling them, you need to stop bringing all of these illegal immigrants in. You need to, we don't want to be a sanctuary city. They're taking away our resources. They're uh, overrunning our schools. We can't get our kids in schools. We're paying for it in our taxes. I mean, these people know who are to blame. So I think that it's hilarious that they try to, to use this race card all the time. I just don't think the actual members of the community are going to fall for it this time because they're seeing it right in front of their very eyes. And they understand that these are citywide policies, of course. I, and, and Larry, I think that Sarah's got a point, but it's to me, what's fascinating is all of these cities, right? Eric Adams, we talked about him just a moment ago in New York. He's talking about how his city's overrun with, with illegal immigrants, people that are coming in there that he, by the way, welcomed not too long ago, but crime is through the roof there. We talk about Chicago, them blaming this. Now, you and I both uh, live in the, in the, you know, the, the, the capital region. We're an FBI agent yesterday, an FBI agent in an FBI car was carjacked. That's yeah. how bad carjacking is in the District of Columbia, that an FBI agent gets carjacked. And yet, again, this gets back to kind of what I was bringing up with Tim. There's no discussion about who's running these cities, yeah. right? This, if, I keep laughing, like if this was a Republican, we'd be hearing about how Republicans aren't doing a good job and da, da, da. And yet here we are, Every one of these major cities run by Republicans facing the same threats, illegal immigrants, overcoming them, crime on the rise, carjacking, whatever. And yet we're not having a real discussion about who's in charge and the policies continue to have a common thread, which is they're all leftist. Well, I hate to fact check you all in real time here, but if you haven't been paying attention, let me remind you that Chicago is, in fact, MAGA country. <laughs> Everybody knows. I it. do remember. I do remember Jesse Smollett saying something about that. He can't walk the streets Wait, alone at two in the morning with a subway sandwich without getting, uh, you know, uh, gay bashed by a bunch of right wing MAGA hat wearing. What? Oh, was that a hoax? I, yeah. I'm sorry. Forget that. Okay, you're right. Uh, yeah, Sean. Uh, other than eight glorious years of Rudy Giuliani in New York and eight glorious years of Richard Reardon in Los Angeles in the mid '90s. Every single major city, Chicago, New York, Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, even Cleveland, if you want to call it a major city, all of those cities have been dominated by Democrats for over 50 years. Not one Republican elected official has any power or any say in anything that goes on in those cities. You can call those cities Democrat utopias, and yet they're complete garbage piles. I'm sorry, they are. And it's because of Democrat policies. They've been able to have carte blanche, and now we're seeing it. And, and the, only, the only excuse they have is to somehow point to Republicans thousands of miles away and say that they're the ones to blame. Nobody's buying it, literally nobody. But Tim, when you guys look at the, the news on this, you never hear like that moniker. It's, it's Mayor Eric Adams. It's Mayor Muriel Bowser. It's not Democrat. Like They don't ascribe the same moniker and labels to the left who are running these things. And, and I just, I find it fascinating. It's almost like they don't want people to know who's actually running these places in terms of what party and what ideology. Well, they definitely want to do just what Mayor Johnson's doing. Whereas if we have a problem with illegal immigration in this country, it's not Biden's fault. 
it's not the Democrats' fault anywhere. It's somehow the fault of Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis sending illegal immigrants northward <laughs> like it's a prank. And it, especially after these people, yeah, proclaim themselves sanctuary cities. Uh, yeah, the news media is not going to say, well, didn't they just get what they asked for? They're not going to do that because these are the ways that, you know, the news media is a pile of Democrats. Uh, and yeah, there's no accountability for these big city mayors. And one of the reasons is obviously these big city electorates, you right. know, other than Giuliani or Reardon, these big city electorates just keep reelecting it. You went from one bad mayor of Chicago to the next. This one's more radical than the last one. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to move over to New York. Last night, there's this, well, I don't even know if it was last night. Yesterday, there's this big event in New York, uh, this sort of like ideas conference kind of thing that everybody does now. But there's one in New York. Uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin was moderating it. Kamala Harris was up there making word salads for lunch. Uh, but then he interviewed Elon Musk, and he was asking about this advertiser um, uh boycott that has happened among major corporations, Disney, Comcast, et cetera. Let me play for you a little clip of what Elon had to say. If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. Is that clear? All right. So, Sarah, um, he made it very clear he doesn't seem to care about those <laughs> advertisers uh, in no uncertain terms. I know a lot of folks on the right cheered it, right? And I, and I like, hey, go Elon. Some of them actually doubled down and said, hey, well, we'll give them money. We want to support them. But uh, from a business standpoint, right? It's, it's, it, you, you have to, I mean, if he wants X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it now to succeed, he does need advertisers, right? I mean, so where's the line between him showing strength and being like, Go F yourself uh, to these big advertisers, Bob Iger and others from Disney and, yeah, and trying mean, to think, make a good company. I mean, and trying to make the company yeah. succeed. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if there's anyone uh, to do it, it should probably be the richest man in the world who maybe can afford to, to lose some. Right. But I do think that it is an important lesson that the left needs to learn, because remember, when we're talking about Disney and all of these other companies that pulled from X, it, it was based off of a lie. It was a manipulated uh, version that a left-wing rag put out in order to hurt X. And I think that it is the right frame of mind that Elon has. Again, I don't recommend it for every business because <laughs> if you are not the richest man in the world, perhaps you might uh, end up on the street. But if the left can at least learn the lesson from the richest man in the world that we are not going to cower to your lies and I'm not going to be put on the defensive to explain myself because I have nothing to explain or justify because I didn't do the things that I'm accused of. If we can get away from you know being on the defensive all the time and saying, you know what, screw you. I'm tired of the all the industries being dominated by the left. I know Tim can speak to the media being dominated by the left. Obviously, you know, you've got Hollywood dominated by the left. You've got by and large, all the social media platforms dominated by the left. And if Elon can be the one to teach them the lesson that you can't just bully us anymore, I think that ultimately a good thing, it's a good thing. Again, maybe not a strategy for everyone, right. but perhaps he can pave the way being that he has, you know, all the money. Tim, <laughs> how do you think the media covered what went down yesterday uh, with, with Elon Musk and, and these advertisers? Well, I think that they, they're enjoying it. I mean, this is a New York Times <laughs> interview. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, this is him. Uh, what was it? An expletive filled rant, said the Washington Post. Uh, <laughs> but, but notice, yes, which companies are in this advertiser boycott, as you suggested? Disney, Comcast, movie studios. These are news companies. This is all a bunch of people who want to limit the influence of X because they have this idea of this website is damaging our narrative. Yeah. Larry, okay. I, I, where do you come down on, on what he's doing? And, and because well, here's my fear. I just want to just to be clear. I, I think what I, I like what Sarah's pointing out, right? I, I love the idea that he's tough and that he's probably one of the only ones that can stand up to him. What I worry about, though, is that we finally got Twitter back to a place where we weren't as people on the right being deplatformed and had sort of this place of free speech. But if we if, if that company doesn't succeed, then where do we end up? Where do we then, yeah. then that? marketplace goes away. And that's what I worry about is that yeah. we finally are at a place where we can say things without being banned or shadow banned or, or canceled. And if, if he takes it too far, then yes, we, we won and we don't have a platform. Yeah. I, I agree with you, uh, Sean. It's listen, the, it was cathartic and the right was cheering him on. You know, we, we talk about FU money. Well, apparently we should amend that. When you're Elon Musk, you've got GFU money. And that's what was on display <laughs> there. But if you keep watching the interview, within another minute or two, he reveals that, yeah, X is going to collapse and shut down right. if the advertising boycott has its way. So this isn't about Elon Musk pumping in more money to prop this thing up despite not having ad advertising revenue. It's going to be demolished. And Elon said, we'll let the people of Earth decide and, and judge how this went. Well, that leaves us silenced. That leaves the left winning this fight. And as Tim just pointed out, Comcast is NBC, NBC News, MSNBC. Disney is ABC News. This forum was the New York Times. These are the people who censored the Hunter Biden laptop yes. story. These are the people who benefit from news stories being censored and silenced which results directly in election tampering, as we saw in 2020. This is deadly serious stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to suffer because of it. I hope Elon Musk plays poker well here, and I hope that he's, uh, you know, really just calling their bluff. And ultimately, I think he's going to have this platform that they're going to, the advertisers will come back to. Yeah, I think the point you're making is so smart that it's not Disney, it's ABC, it's not Comcast, mm -hmm. it's MSNBC. People forget that those are like the cover, but this really is a media play. All right, folks, you've heard me talk about my friend Leo Grillo. He is the founder of Delta Rescue and how it all came to be is an interesting story. He was out one day, he found a Doberman that had been abandoned. I mean, and this Doberman was underweight, clearly in need of health. Leto rescued the Doberman, named him Delta. And guess what Delta stands for? Dedication and everlasting love to animals. It's an acronym. And that's what Leo then turned his mission into, is a lifelong, the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. And that's what Delta Rescue is all about. And it relies solely on contributions from people like me and you, animal lovers that want to do their part. But beyond the regular donation you can give, which they appreciate, if you are an animal lover, you can make them part of your estate uh, so that you can grow your estate while helping animals in the future. And that's what's so important is it becomes an enduring mission for Leo and for you uh, that you get to be part of this li living legacy 
for these animals. Go to deltarescue.org to learn more, to see not just how you can help in the here and now, but in the future, check out their estate planning kit at deltarescue.org. Tim, speaking of media plays, I want to switch. You guys had a really interesting uh, story up on on the Media Research Center's Newsbusters page yesterday, calling uh, or bringing light News Nation's Dan Abrams, who was trying to call out some of these news organizations that are making this equivalency between the hostages, right? About how releasing an innocent young child versus, you know, somebody who's committed a criminal act, which is what the Palestinians and, the, and Hamas are having Israel released to them, is not a sense of, of equivalency. And it's interesting that that you have somebody like Dan Abrams, who's not just on News Nation, but he's the founder of Mediate. He's he's worked at ABC uh, as their chief legal analyst, calling these guys out, especially over at MSNBC, and saying, "No, no, no, this isn't a one for one trade. There's no equivalency between what has happened. Hamas is a terrorist organization that took innocent lives, innocent children, as hostages, and they are having Israel release convicted felons who have done bad things." Well, yeah, like attempted to stab a cop. This is one of the things they're not doing is they they're not telling you this person. What was this person accused of? Uh, obviously, yeah, every hostage is an innocent person. They haven't they haven't committed a crime. But yeah, he, he was absolutely right to to make that, uh, you know, objection. And this is really the way the entire Israel Hamas narrative has shifted. It, it, you know, the Israelis were obviously the victim for about 48 hours. Whenever the Israeli army kicks in, then suddenly the victims are only the Palestinians. And, and so they're apparently the only human rights violators are the Israelis. And, and that's, you know, it's beyond moral equivalence. We're in a state right now where, yeah, where the, the Palestinians are the good guys and the Israelis are the bad guys and the Americans are the bad guys for backing the Israelis. And it's, it's a mess. And the news media just goes along with that sort of pro-Hamas globalist perspective. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I want to put a picture on, on the screen. Uh, this is a picture from uh, Rosalind Carter's funeral in Atlanta. Okay. Now, if you look up at the photo, you'll, you'll see everyone who was there from the, the former first ladies and, and, uh, and, and presidents. And I'll read you the caption. It says, President Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, former President Bill Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former First Lady Laura Bush, and former First Lady Michelle Obama attend a memorial service in Atlanta. This is in Axios. The problem is there's one more person right next to Michelle Obama. Do you know who that was? <laughs> mm, another former First Lady, perhaps? It was. You hmm. wouldn't know that from the caption. Now, here's mm -hmm. my question. Am I just being... Am I jumping on this? Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm pretty clear, even from the back, I can tell that's Melania Trump. Why are you purposely not acknowledging her presence at the funeral? And and I it's it's so is it is it that I'm being petty or they're being petty? Of course it's that they're being oh, good. petty, Sean. Of course it is. Larry always is. makes me feel like the petty one. I finally <laughs> felt like that I wanted Listen. to know. It, Two things can be true at once, Sean. Okay. Perhaps, you, perhaps you could be petty. I don't know. But right. in this instance, you know. I, in yeah. this instance, why can't you're it not. be both? And 
<laughs> um, look, I mean, but th this is par for the course, right? This is the way that they treated her the entire time Trump was running for office, the entire time he was in office. They acted as if she didn't exist. And then when we did acknowledge her existence, you were not allowed to say that she's gorgeous. You were not allowed to acknowledge that she was a, a supermodel. You were not allowed to acknowledge any of those things. Also make sure that you talk about how great Michelle Obama's arms are, but do not acknowledge that Melania was actually gorgeous and is actually gorgeous, I should say. Look, that's how they've treated her this entire time, which is so fascinating to me, Sean, because, you know, for as pro-immigrant as these people pretend to be, they sure do have a lot of trash to talk about Melania Trump, who they should be upholding as a great example of how legal immigration can work in this country and how immigrants can come to this country and be successful. And instead, they just have so much petty hatred towards her that they just, as you point out, just either insult her or completely acknowledge her existence. It's just disgusting. You know, Larry, I kept thinking to myself, what if this was the other way? What if it said, in, you know, it, it read the other way, Melania Trump, um, uh, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, Laura Bush, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, first lady Joe, I mean, and then forgot, yeah. you know, Joe Biden. Don't you think everybody would be going nuts and saying, oh my God, I can't believe Axios slighted her. There's no outrage. Right. Oh, of course they would. And, or, or if they didn't mention Michelle Obama, you were, uh, also racist for doing so. Yeah. But, uh, I guess we should be grateful. I mean, listen, the left is, uh, they're, they're Marxists. And uh, back in good old Stalin Soviet Union, they would not just erase a person's name. They would actually, you know, pre-Photoshop erase the human being from the picture. They could have done that mm -hmm. to Melania. They could have just used Photoshop and just, you know, uh, artificial intelligence her out of the picture altogether. So, you know, it's not as bad as it could be, Sean. <laughs> but, but Tim, is this, I mean, this is what you guys at the Media Research Center do. You, you monitor the media, you look after things, you call it out, you acknowledge the hypocrisy. Walk, put, put, tell me where, where this falls on the scale. I saw it, and again, I, I, I just, I, it's just the Irish in me. I was like, you guys are so ridiculously petty. But is this to you go, hey, Sean, we got bigger fish to fry? Or is this something that, that you know, gets on the scale there? It, it could be human error. So I would say <laughs> it, it could be. Um, it's amazing how many times that human error tends to go if against everyone on the if, right, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Sean, if you're saying to me, you know, I'm trying to drink out of an open fire hydrant, what am I picking today? Um, there's a lot of other stuff out there. But <laughs> Clearly, they, you know, some people on, on social media were trashing her because she wore gray instead of black. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the sort of thing where it suggests what, you, what you've underlined, which is, you know, this is supposed to be a time of national unity. Rosalind Carter invited her. They, right. were, they were very explicit about that. And people hate Trump so much, they can't actually have that moment of unity. That was one funeral, but then we have obituaries coming forward because of the passing of former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. And let me read you what Market Watch, Market Watch, this is what they put out. It says, Henry Kissinger, comma, the polarizing former Secretary of State dies at 100. Your Market Watch, what, what is this polarizing former Secretary of State? Everyone else put something either completely bland, fact-based, or whatever. And like, I, I just, again, what is it with these guys where they feel like, you know, and, and I don't know, 
I, I've always thought the world of Henry Kissinger in terms of that he was a smart, he was a statesman. I don't know. I don't, maybe I probably didn't agree with a couple positions or something or how he wanted to deal with some foreign aid. I'm sure that's the case, but I don't think anything ill of the guy. And this is his obituary. The, there is no bounds to which these guys can't find something controversial and negative to say about somebody. Well, I was shown the front page of the Washington Post today, and they do this. Sorry about that. Many, many were (laughs) critical. Uh, So I always get a kick out of how, you know, the left becomes many people uh, say he was divisive. He was polarizing. Well, who is polarized from Mm -hmm. him? Uh, You know, it's these are the little indicators, again, that tell you they are Democrats. And obviously the thing we're all going to pull out and say, yes, the Washington Post also called, you know, terrorist leaders, the austere religious, you know, scholar of, you know, the Fidel Castro gets a better headline than Henry Kissinger. That's the kind of thing we're going to pull out of this. Yeah. Sarah, I mean, again, it's just this idea that there's no event or incident that these guys in the media look at and can't find some negative way to bash people on the right. Yeah, well, and and to your point about many people, uh, I remember I was reading a, I think it was Daily Mail article not that long ago, and it was one of those many people are saying, and um, they, I I kid you not, one of it was like, Twitter user so-and-so said this to prove their point that many people were saying. It was not like any person, it was just a random Twitter user on the internet that they used to prove their point that many people are, many important people are saying this. Um, But I I would just point out that, This is another example of why it is so important for parents to stop sending their children to public schools where they're going to be taught garbage and they're going to be indoctrinated into being, oh, I'm going to a pro-Palestinian rally tomorrow, mom, Um, because they are being taught what the left wants them to learn. And if they're reading news headlines like this, they don't know the truth about things. So it's really important that we are actually educating our children and as adults that we need to be properly educated to know what really happened because the left wants to rewrite history at every single turn. Yeah. The last thing I want to get to something the Media Research Center did. Larry, I'll start with you. But like, do you do, and I'm, I'm being serious when I say this, like, because I, I keep learning more and more. Do you are you aware of this organization called NewsGuard? Oh, yeah, I have. I have been reading up on NewsGuard. Yeah. OK, so, Tim, you guys put out something uh, about why NewsGuard, uh, five reasons Congress needs to defund self-appointed Internet traffic cop NewsGuard yeah. and stop their assault. Explain what NewsGuard is and why we should be concerned. Well, this was a uh, founded by Steve Brill, um, who is, uh, you know, who is a left wing legal journalist. And, uh, you know, to, the problem is we have this entire disinformation structure that the federal government is funding. And, and obviously we have this disinformation governance board that got disassembled. But there are federal money still going into groups like this who are going to tell you who's reliable and who's not. And, you know, for so me, they grade funny, you. Right. Just to be clear, NewsGuard puts a grade to every news organization. Right. And but what's comical to me, my favorite was when all of these legacy news outlets said the Israelis took out a hospital. Right. And it was false. Mm-hmm. And everyone stayed at 100 percent reliable. Right. <laughs> but but Larry, I want to the thing that was interesting to me is I didn't fully appreciate the fact NewsGuard, which again, it rates everybody. It, it, yeah, you're, it's a weapon. All these stations, yes. and I'm sure radio shows now like yours, they're, they're coming out and they're determining what your rating is in terms of credibility. But they got a grant of $750,000 from the Department of Defense. So when we talk about spending money 
um, and, and waste in Congress. What is the DOD giving $750,000 to an organization that rates people on yeah. news? Well, under Joe Biden's administration, that's what the Pentagon's job is because they think that's a national security threat for an alternate objective opinion to be put out there that doesn't go contrary, or that is contrary to what the administration is putting out. Let's just be clear. This, the NewsGuard ratings are used as weapons. Yes. They're used as reference points for advertisers. For to advertising. Their, their money. And, you know, I work at Town Hall Media. Town Hall Media has a town hall. We've got Hot Air. We've got Red State. We've got PJ Media, a great group of websites. We were right about the Russian collusion hoax. We were right about the origins of COVID-19. Uh, we were right about the Hunter Biden laptop story. NewsGuard would have given us Fs on all of those stories because Joe Biden and the left-wing deep state in yeah. Washington, D.C. didn't approve of the truth. That's what's happening here. They're trying to keep the truth from the American people. They hate free speech, John. Sarah Gonzalez, and it's real being quick. funded by our own Pentagon. Yeah, so Sarah, yeah. real quick, how have you guys experienced NewsGuard at the Blaze? Uh, well, actually, we have a lot of experience with them. They <laughs> actually, they they did the same thing Larry's talking about. They gave us all Fs. They rated us uh, poorly for Again, the same stories that Larry is pointing out that we ended up being right on. But regardless, they rated us poorly right. so badly that I mean, they're trying to bankrupt all of us, right? right. They, yep. they don't want us telling the truth. So we actually had to change our entire website uh, to subscription mode and just ditch big tech entirely because they were trying to weaponize it against us so badly. We had to change our entire business format. I cannot believe, though, again, when I'm sitting here watching Republicans in charge of the appropriations process say, why are you allowing this to happen? Guys, this has been an amazing discussion. Uh, so much to cover as we get ready to head into the weekend. Uh, so thank you for, for, for helping us get on this glide path. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I look forward to, to continuing this discussion soon, especially so Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze, Larry O'Connor from WMAL here, and obviously Town Hall Media, and then Tim Graham, all the great work you guys do at the Media Research Center. Thank you all for being here. Guys, thanks for being part of the community. You can always go to seanspicershow.com slash VIP. Text me at 571-441-4991. Please go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rate us five stars. Get that subscription. Go to Rumble, YouTube. Do this. And remember, we're on at 7 o'clock now on the first channel, 347 on Direct TV. We are the lead into Bill O'Reilly. He needed an opening act. Anyway, we'll see you back here tomorrow with a great show.